Welcome to Conspiracy. Say what? 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 What is the question that we ask? And today we're talking about cryptids. We're on another cryptid couch. So we're sitting on the couch. Yeah, get get to with, lounge in because with, with the cryptids because they're there. I'm a couch. Just picture this: you're uh, Robert's a couch, and on Robert are a group of cryptids. I don't know if you want any of these cryptids. <laughs> just sitting on me? No. Some some weird some weird cryptids. One is from Ireland. One is from Brazil, and one is from France, but a couple hundred years ago, at least, for that one. You haven't said your name. That's Cameron. I'm Cameron. That's Robert. I'm Robert. And I'm Allie. Yeah, today we were talking about three different cryptids, though. Uh, that's it. Three. So if you wanted any more, sorry. You'll have to come back for Cryptid Couch number three. Yeah, you'll have to come back for Cryptid. And if you haven't listened to the first Cryptid Couch, no spoilers here. Uh, you just you probably should go listen to that, too. Okay, well, I'm going to start with mine. <laughs> okay, so I have the Mapping Hari. And I may or may not be saying that very well. It's a creature that is from Brazilian folklore, and it lives in the Amazon rainforest, um, as if we needed more scary things in the Amazon rainforest. Um, it can be referred to as the Mapping Hari with an I, or the Mapping Hari with a Y, or the Juma. There are many other cryptids, or like folklore animals in different cultures in the area. They're all pretty much exactly the same creature. They just have different names for each culture. But We'll go with the Brazilian one today. We got a few different descriptions, right? So there's like the older sightings, like the, the folkloric type stories and stuff. So this is like the more like fantasy version, right? <laughs> they describe it more of like an upright ape-like creature and it's like hairy and it's also a cyclops. It has like one eye usually and a huge mouth in the middle of its stomach. Um, this picture is wild. Yeah, that picture is actually like a like a carving or a statue that is actually in the area. Yeah, check out the newsletter for, for this gem. Yeah, but just for the moment, just so people kind of understand what we're looking at, it is like, it's like if you took a gorilla and put a tiny head on it with giant ears, but there's a mouth in its stomach. Yeah, and it's also apparently invulnerable to bullets or arrows, unless it's hitting some kind of uh, secret spot like the navel what i'm confused because something said navel and something said mouth and i don't know if it means the mouth on its stomach or, or it's mouth mouth <laughs> so this is like the original video game boss yeah <laughs> this is this is the story from the indigenous folklore um and then like there's modern sightings but those describe what seems like more of just a giant sloth giant sloth yeah win and so that doesn't usually have like the mouth on its stomach or like the one eye or whatever and then i saw like kind of a combination one that said it had one eye long claws caiman skin what the fuck and backwards feet and then a second mouth on its stomach as well caiman yeah like, like an, alligator. an alligator yeah like uh, you know like all of these other two descriptions had fur and then yes. all of a sudden this one's like it looks Scaly. like a fucking alligator so this is like an <laughs> ape sloth like thing that might have Cayman skin. Yes. And a mouth on his stomach. <laughs> it's a Terminator. That's <laughs> all that what? is. Um, so these things are typically nocturnal. And also I saw one thing that noted that it was migratory. Um, since it seems like it comes down from the Andean foothills around February. Which that kind of works because um, there's another one that with the same description in um, the Peruvian folklore. So oh. maybe he travels between the two. Good I don't know. And then one of the biggest notes is he has a horrible odor so strong that he can knock a person unconscious. <laughs> I think that's maybe a first for the podcast of just like, oh, does this thing have any like special abilities, mystical, <laughs> it whatever? Real bad. Yeah. <laughs> they say that if you start to smell something completely repulsing, you should run away because it's probably coming for you. So since there were like real biologists looking into this, of course, something that we're going to get is a poop comparison. <laughs> And I guess this is pretty significant, right? So yeah. this thing's feces apparently look just like a horse's. Okay, so what I read, I did not t really technically do a deep dive into this point. So um, this could not be totally right. But apparently the only mammals that actually shit on land in the Amazon are tapirs. And then the rest of them apparently do it in the water. Even the people? 
I guess. And then the people who claim to find the map and map. Mapinwari, Mapinwari, poop, claim it definitely isn't tapir poop. Can't say any of these animals. So they're making comparisons, but it's not that for sure, and it looks like horse poop. I mean, it also could just be a sick animal. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's a pretty, like, important point, question mark. It also <laughs> typically walks bipedally, uh, but there are some that claim that it walks on all fours, mm -hmm. right? And it's described as an unsteady or uneven gait. And then I saw one thing that said it's like a Charlie Chaplin walk. And at this point, I would like to officially announce our Kickstarter to uh, remake uh, The Great Dictator, but just with a map and quarry. Why did you choose The Great Dictator? Because it was the first one that came to mind. All things to choose. Because by modern times, we'll do modern times. To put giant ape sloth caiman thing with a stomach in it, or with a mouth in its stomach. And a little Hitler stash. <laughs> yeah. Why did you choose to put a Hitler stash on that? And of backwards all things. Stomach? Did you put it on the stomach? Above the mouth and the stomach? Oh my god, yes. It has two, it has two Hitler stashes. <laughs> one above each lip. Okay, moving on. Of course, there's also... Contradicting sightings that claim that this, this thing is fast and agile. Um, because you know, it's a cryptid sighting. It's all gonna be contradictory. So, its call is usually described as a roar, or some kind of bellow or something, um, but there are some that are more descriptive. Some call it a low call that sounds like thunder, or a very loud, high pitched cry, just like human shouting, but with a growl at the end. Well, and those that are two. scarier. <laughs> Those are two very opposite noises. Yes. I would like to say you guys are kind of like shitting all over the idea that there's multiple things that people are seeing. However, if you were to watch humans from a distance, you would see humans in a library walking slow, moving slow, sitting down, resting. And then if you watched a basketball game, you'd see humans running back and forth screaming at each other. If you saw a child scream, it would be very high-pitched and loud. If you saw an adult man scream, depending on the man, it might also be high-pitched and loud, but... <laughs> could be lower as well. So I just want to say, if there's a colony of them, All right, Cam's a it's, rude, specialist. it's rude to assume they are all the okay, same. Okay, fine. But it can be uh, summed up into horrible, deafening, and inhuman. That's fun. Imagine hearing that in the rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're already in the rainforest, i.e. scared witless. Yes. And speaking of the forest, this thing also apparently tears down trees so it can eat them. <laughs> um, it eats plants. But of course, some things say it's carnivorous because it's uh, been claimed that this thing has killed uh, several, like, entire herds of cattle by ripping out their tongues. <laughs> which are two very different things. Was that just like a pastime thing? I don't know. Just by and rips out something's tongue and leaves. Yeah, I gotta say that uh, that seems more like a cruel thing a human would do. Yeah, um, but it's never been reported as attacking humans, like ever. So that's interesting. Well, yeah, because if it kills you, you can't report it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the, the, the fun stuff, so the folklore story here. So that's basically like a pretty comprehensive description of this thing. Um, the folklore story is that this beast was once an Amazonian shaman who discovered the key to immortality thousands of years ago. He angered the gods and was severely punished as to his discovery, which forced him to be transformed into a wandering hairy beast for the rest of his life. And also that's part of where the, the killing cattle by, by pulling out their tongues comes from. I guess I can kind of see that it like oh it's a it's an evil shaman from beyond time and yeah. they're doing magic and he's yelling. <laughs> he's learned immortality, but not in the fun way. <laughs> um, I found one specific sighting, and this one is from Lucas Caratiana, maybe, of the Caratiana tribe, and he claims that his son encountered it in the forest and then he managed to escape unharmed, but then the whole surrounding area looked as if a boulder had rolled through and knocked down all the trees and vines. I would like to posit that perhaps a boulder did. Could have been. I also, my instinctive thing is just sort of like... This is an Indiana Jones. <laughs> the fern gully thing of like, ah, oh, there's this strange beast in the woods tearing down the Amazon rainforest, and it's just threshers and deforestation machines and oh, stuff. I was going to say it's just Vin Diesel in that new Triple X movie. <laughs> He's like skateboarding down the mountain on a jet ski and like he, just bouldering he, everything aside. He does literally ski down a mountain. Yeah. That he ju he jumps like from like Ugh. a 200 foot cliff and lands on his normal human ankles. But I guess his ankles are family so they're strong. <laughs> okay. Um, so now here's where the science starts. So when you think of people researching these kinds of things, you think like some crazy 
cryptozoologist that's like, this is real, and goes out with the intention of only finding evidence that makes it real, right? Yeah, I usually think of like nerds in like glasses and blue hoodies, um, usually sitting close to me. Uh, buttons on the shirt, typically. Not you, Robert. <laughs> okay, it seemed like a very pointed description <laughs> no, of me. Just, you just happened to look. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. No, but it's neither of those things. <laughs> it's actually a normal guy named David Oren um, who did some research in the 90s, and he pieced together a pretty comprehensive description of this thing, but he's not a cryptozoologist. He's actually a Brazil-based American biologist and ornithologist. And he was actually researching whether it may be possible that some remnant giant ground sloths are actually living here. Hmm. Ornithologist is birds? Yes. yes. He heard about this because he was based in Brazil researching birds. And he heard about the folklore and he was like, that's really interesting. <laughs> he released a paper in 2001. And this is his description for the Mapinguari. The Mapinguari is a very heavy, powerfully built animal up to two meters, which is six foot six for all of us Americans. Tall. <laughs> Um, when standing bipedally, which breaks the roots of trees with its steps. It is covered in long and coarse fur, which ranges in color from reddish to brownish to blackish and has a muzzle similar to that of a horse or a burrow, though shorter, which is armed with four peg-shaped canine teeth. Its formidable claws are shaped like those of a giant anteater, but are the size of those of the giant armadillo. Its tail is short, short, and broad. I don't know why it's specifically so short twice. <laughs> But that's his quoted description of the Mavenguari. That does sound an awful lot like a giant sloth. Yeah, I mean, basically he talked to a lot of people who claimed to have seen it, and he also claimed to have heard its call, um, although it's kind of weird that I saw that noted somewhere, so I'm not sure how true that is, since he's not a cryptozoologist, and it didn't say anywhere that he actually tried to find it. He just supposedly described his call as, um, being extremely strong and of steady pitch, lasting for up to 45 seconds and resembling jets flying over low. Hmm. He uh, seems to be the only notable person who actually really did any actual research into this, but I just thought it was interesting because he seems to have found a lot of evidence that it could just be a giant ground sloth. So that's basically the main theory for what this could be, if not a giant monster in the Amazon. Well, like, on that note, I stand by the fact that something like a giant ground sloth could easily still be around and we wouldn't yeah, know. Sure. And I would like to go ahead and present some evidence for why they are terrifying creatures. Kind of pull this around. That was dug by a giant ground sloth. What the fuck? Thousands really? and th or tens of thousands of years ago. Just straight through a brick wall. Uh, brick. Jeez. <laughs> Rock. Straight through a rock wall. Oh my god, I need to... Can you put that in the outline yeah. here? Uh, I also found... Um, there's so like, they do burrow. There's charts. Oh yeah. Oh, they burrow. I mean, they're huge, but like they're described as digging elephant size holes. And you can actually find consistent remnants of their burrows all over that area. Oof. So... That means that if they're still around, there's a big possibility that you would well, rarely see one since they live underground. Specifically, they note that it's a specific kind of giant ground sloth. It's actually like a medium ground sloth. <laughs> <laughs> this one specifically. Um, but yeah, there are there were like even larger ones. Okay, so the idea is this is a semi-giant yes. sloth. Because standing at six foot six is actually only medium compared to some of the ones that were like yeah. way larger, like what Cam was just showing us that none of you can see. They're elephant-sized holes, just to get a perspective. Yeah. Uh, but like that would make it even more realistic probably if they're a little bit smaller now, because then you'd be less likely to find the giant holes, but they'd still be there. Has anyone ever taken like ground-penetrating radar? Just in the Amazon? See, just to see, out of like curiosity, <laughs> if there's anything. The ground. Just if there's anything weird. I feel like there's got it's, the, it's the Amazon. Of course, there's a bunch. I of I mean, weird it's the stuff. Amazon. You can you your friend can turn right and you can turn left. You'll never see each other again. So for something to hide there that lives underground, it wouldn't be that surprising. Anyway, yeah. I just wanted to share that because I looked at pictures and stuff. Yeah, some more evidence that there's possibility that there's a giant ground sloth out there. But lots of sightings seem to describe exactly this, which is more just a huge sloth. And they did used to live in this area during the Ice Age. So they could still be around. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that movie. It's possible. <laughs> oh. There are actually, I'm going to science nerd you guys a little bit. Sorry, this is Alley Science Corner today. <laughs> <laughs> so there are actually two different kinds of giant ground sloths. There's one that is fully extinct called the Mylodontidae. And then there's the other one that include two toad sloths that are still alive called the Megalonicidae. 
possibly. <laughs> but it includes a giant extinct one, and that's important later. Okay, so when you find mummified ground sloths, they do have the reddish fur, so that matches. Um, they also would have walked with their claws turned inwards, which sounds really uncomfortable, but it would make their footprints look backwards and like similar to a backwards uh. human footprint, which would explain why the, the, it says there's backwards feet. But also some of them say that the tracks are round, but that could be from the tail of the sloth, like leaving uh. tail marks in the ground, yeah. Uh. And also sloth poop looks like horse poop, uh, since they've also found that. So there's some good evidence there. And like I said, coming back to the other thing, the one giant ground sloth that was extinct in that second category, right? A different scientist showed one of the eyewitnesses a reconstruction of that specific extinct giant ground sloth, and he was like, yep, that's it. That's exactly what it looks like. I love the idea of, like, oh, these, these creatures, uh, you know, have basically died out, but there are just a few left. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much the, the most well-known theory for what this is. And then some other, like, <laughs> some fucking, like, zoologists online that have never actually listened to anybody talk about this thing or look anything up, we're like, well, I don't know, those descriptions sound like a bear. <laughs> so it could probably be a bear. Uh, does bear poop look like horse poop? I don't know. No, it does not. <laughs> Cam knows, I I've guess. seen plenty of bear poop, and I've seen plenty of horse poop, because people used to take horses into the canyon that I lived in, Oof. and there's bears all over the canyon, and you, there's a huge difference between the way they look. <laughs> like, they don't even look remotely similar, so... But these zoologists claim that the descriptions match, but then everybody who's seen it is like, that's not a fucking bear. <laughs> they specifically claim that it's a spectacled bear because they often smell really bad. <laughs> and it's a real thing. He's not just wearing glasses. Well, I know, but I just <laughs> I just immediately pictured like a character in the Hundred Acre Wood, but just massive and ripping out cattle tongues. Yeah, and also like I mentioned before, in Peruvian lore, they have something called the Segami, which is literally exactly the same description to this and they do have bears there and they are 100 sure that it's not a bear they're like we've seen that we've seen this other thing it ain't the fucking same so it's probably not a bear it's probably a giant sloth <laughs> but i saw one last thing that said maybe it's an anteater standing on its hind legs <laughs> and then it just showed one dinky little picture of an anteater like not even standing on its hind legs but it's just like leaning up against a wall like trying to get ants out of the wall I'm like, that's not standing. No. They do that all the time. Also, I've seen anteaters. They're not, like, two meters tall. No. No, if I saw an anteater, I might think Star Wars character, but I don't think I'd think sloth. Yeah. But anyway, as a conclusion to this, it seems like there is something in the area, because, like I said, a lot of these local cultures all have a creature with a different name with pretty much exactly the same description. So there's something in the area, I think. I mean, that makes sense to me. But it's probably just a sloth. <laughs> probably just a sloth. A burrowing creature in one of the densest jungles on the planet that would not be easy to find at all. So. Well, good news. When eventually the entire area is deforested, we can find it. Silver lining. Either that or all <laughs> sure. the people that are taking away the forest over there are just... Gonna get eaten by a giant ground sloth. <laughs> or maybe they know that they're there and they just keep getting rid of them. Maybe they'll fall into those giant burrows and never come out. All right, I would now like to pitch Save a Kickstarter for our movie about uh, giant sloths taking their revenge for the Amazon deforestation out on yes! <laughs> land developers. All right, guys, donate to our Kofi. little extra. I'll put up a goal. Giant ground sloth movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Starring none other than, what was it, Bones from Star Trek? What, the dead one? <laughs> yeah. Deforest Kelly. Oh! <laughs> oh, it burns! Oh my god! Damn! Okay. And that's my cryptid. We're on to the next one. Yeah, that's the first one. Let's talk about something maybe a little cuter. Uh, maybe a little cuter? Still pretty murdery, though. Okay. Um, the Dobar Chew. So this is our cryptid from Ireland. Um, its name means either water hound or king otter, depending on which generation of the Irish tongue it's going I for. Think, I think king otter is his street name. <laughs> that's so. that's his SoundCloud name when he raps. <laughs> like that's when you see him. He's got a hoodie and gold chain around his neck. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of 
more or less conflicting descriptions, which is what? pretty normal no. for a cryptid. But overall, it's described as like a giant otter, like a long dog with like fish flipper kind of feet and tail. The head is described in crazily different ways. And we'll definitely post some of those pictures in the newsletter as well. So look out towards that. Oh, um, shit. I'm, like, looking at this picture down here. Is it, is it really that giant? Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, huge. Like, like several meters height long. is, like, human height. Yeah. and But, like, it's also longer than the building we're standing in. What the fuck? Yeah. Which is part of the reason why I think a lot of this was just made up. Or is, in a similar way, like, there used to be an animal like this, and now it's just a cultural memory. And some people might have used that cultural memory for nefarious purposes. We'll get that. <laughs> It's known to be uh, incredibly aggressive towards humans and dogs. It has apparently a, uh, a plan of attack, because they're usually in packs, and one will attack, and if it's bested, then all of the rest of them will attack. I don't know how you would best that thing. Yeah, because it's fucking huge. I don't know how you'd huge. look at a pack of those and be like, yeah, we're going to attack that. Yep. We could definitely take down these water dragons. Yeah, oh, so one thing that I missed about the um, description. So it's said to have, like, the legs of a dog, like, similar rib structure, and, uh, like, a tufted big long tail, and a head somewhere between that of a dog or a dragon. You know, dragons being something that everyone knows what they look like. <laughs> yes. Though it was like thought this. to mostly be extinct, some are believed to reside on Ashiel Island, west of the coast of Ireland off of County Mayo, which is a very hilarious name. <laughs> I chuckled. In a lake called Srahin's Loch. I definitely didn't get that right. The Loch. Loch. Not the Loch, but I just like saying that. It's just a different one. <laughs> um, it was first wit written of in an account called A Description of West Connaught, uh, which is, I guess, that chunk of area. In 2003, a painter named Sean Corcoran and his wife, who also presumably has a name, but I could not find it. What? No, wives don't have names. No. You're just Mrs. Corcoran. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they claimed to see this creature. Uh, they described it as having a haunting screech, orange flippers that it used to swim in a fast manner. Um, and did they run away screaming? Because if I saw that... Yeah, I'd probably run away screaming too. <laughs> That's a large thing. <laughs> also, something about, like, that's the only account that I found that, like, depicted any color. Like, none of the, nothing else was, like, orange flippers. Like, I'm picturing duck feet. <laughs> I want you to say that. But, okay, uh, so, this is where the story gets kind of interesting. In the town of Glenade, uh, on the mainland near the west coast, kind of near where that island I was talking about is. There was a headstone for a woman named Grain. That's the best I can pronounce it. <laughs> it did seem to be just oddly long, but it's Grain. And it depicts a Dobarchu on the headstone. Uh, her name might have been Grace McGloinlin. I found a few different accounts of this that gave her name differently. Mm. Uh, but as the story goes, in the 17th century, a woman was washing laundry at that lake, and when she was attacked by the creature, her husband heard her getting attacked and came too late to rescue her. The man was able to stab the giant monster in the heart, killing it. Uh, its death rattle was described as a high-pitched whistle, which brought out the creature's mate, which the man also killed after a long-running battle. Bullshit. <laughs> If you've been paying attention, you might think, how would a man, a 17th century man who probably has scurvy and or syphilis, stab <laughs> a, like, multiple meter long monster in the heart? And Two then, of them. Uh, yeah, and then also have a long running battle, again, with a giant monster that he also defeats. Not to throw some shame on this guy, but I'm betting he just killed his wife and made up this story. Or But he fought valiantly for his wife. Or, hear me out, these things aren't actually friends with each other. So when one comes out of the water, it fights the other one. This man watched his wife get brutally murdered. Then these two things fought. And then after they both killed each other, he just stabbed them. And then took the credit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they were fighting over the corpse or something. Yeah. Um, on a more likely note, uh -huh. probably just murder. And he was like, it was the giant water dragon. Wait, did yeah. he have proof that he killed them, though? Did he have, like, a body? What? Proof There's... in a cryptid story? That's yeah. funny. 
It's like, this also happened like, you know, almost four centuries ago. And it's just a tale that they tell. Like, one, it could just be made up entirely. Yeah. Two. Maybe his wife was the king otter. Oh, yes. He caught her mid-transformation and and killed her. And that's how he was able to best her. And it was because she dis- he discovered that she was cheating on him with a with a big water dragon dog. <laughs> See, that's why it's on her headstone. Because she was the water dragon otter. She was the water dragon all along. The were dragon water. Were otter. Were water. otter. That's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, I actually picked this one because I was like, oh, big monster otters? Okay. A lot of unpronounceable Irish phrases? Okay. I'm on board. There unfortunately wasn't too much to this. It's just, this is a regional folklore. There's no real science behind what it could be. Although, like I said, I am a... I do like the idea of there was something like this around at one point and it just died out long ago and we still talk about it. And people still use it, it for murder. I don't it was necessarily that big. I mean, I'm sure there was probably giant otters since there were giant mammals like yeah. a while ago, but probably not that big. No, <laughs> I'm sure it's grown in the telling. It's probably like a, you know, like a lab-sized otter. Well, they'll go, like, the, dog. the pictures look like it's either, like, a literally just a giant otter or, like, can go all the way up to something akin to one of the, um, like, Chinese dragons with the long bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree that it probably wasn't ever that big. Um, I, I feel like something like this was around, but as opposed to your cryptid where there were, like, separate accounts of identical things. This is just one area everybody has a different view of it. Yeah. Like, mine seems to have a lot of good evidence, not necessarily that it's a cryptid, but more that it's a unextinct animal. Yeah. <laughs> like I said earlier. <laughs> and yours is a, a murderer. Yeah, I, I just usually assume it's just a person doing bad things. That <laughs> makes more sense than ancient otter king. Well, let's talk about real murder. Let's talk about real murder then. All right, let's just let's just segue out of the water otter and talk about the beast of Gevedon, uh, which is the modern Lozere area. I don't know how to say that. Probably gonna pronounce a lot of these things wrong. Just be ready for it because they're French. I don't have a good French accent. We do British accents here. This is one that I had not heard of before, um, and it is actually kind of weird that I hadn't. It, it's such a big incident, but because it was so long ago, I guess people don't really think about it anymore. Uh, this happened in about 1764-ish, roughly. I saw a couple things that said 1765. It seems like the records are pretty consistent on 1764, so we'll just kind of stick with that. Uh, and it ran all the way through 1767. So this is kind of like a full story that do, that did happen. Uh, pretty much everything here is like 100% confirmed as did happen. But obviously there are the little details of, you know, probably happened, maybe happened, allegedly. During this time, during this three-year period, roughly 100 people were killed in France by whatever this giant thing was. This is a giant beast. Uh, the victims were more often than not women and children. Uh, often they were alone, uh, except for a couple children that were in groups. And beyond that, it was uh, also lone men. Never groups of men, and these bodies were typically left half-eaten. Or like torn to shreds, nibbled on like rawhides for a rawweiler. However you want to look at it. There's some sensitive things that happen here also. Just there's a lot of murdery shit. Uh, but the biggest description of these is that they are wolf-like. They, whatever this thing or this thing or things were, is that they were wolf-like creatures, but they were huge, which we'll get into. But it all started with the first, what ended up being the first case of these killings, but wasn't recorded as that when she originally died. Uh, Jean Boulette was a 14-year-old girl, and she was brutally murdered... June of 1764, while she was looking over a herd of sheep um, or possibly cattle on a hill, right? They found her dead. She looked like she had been mauled by something. They weren't really sure. Let me just say that wolf attacks were not rare at the time. They happened a lot. It was uh, more often than not rabid wolves, though, which we'll get into why that matters. But anyway, they just they let it go. Right, fourteen-year-old girl dies on a hill. It is what it is back then. It's not really a lot you can do. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks, guys. They were like, they were like, well, this happens. So they didn't mark it as anything weird. They thought just predator. Then comes August, 
and another girl is killed. Uh, she was doing pretty much the same thing, watching over a herd of sheep. Uh, and then she was killed, and then another person was killed at the end of August. So the end of that same month, a 16-year-old boy was killed while also alone on the hills. And all of them were killed in very similar ways. All of them were mauled. And the methods of them being mauled started to look less and less like wolves because it was such a brutal and also methodical, like, killing. So whatever happened to these three, it was most likely the same creature that did it. And that's where this all starts to kind of come to a head. And then comes September. And in 26 days, four people are killed. Let's just say, like I, I was telling Ali when I was researching this, if you told me that in 26 days, in a five-mile radius of where I live right now, four people were killed by a beast, I would not leave my home. <laughs> like, if there's an animal roaming around killing that many people, and back then, there were less people in one area. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's estimated that the populations would have been no bigger than, like, 500 to 1,000 people per, like, little village, and you're talking, like, miles and miles in between villages. So... That's a lot of people, right? Anyway, one of these victims was a 36-year-old woman. Uh, She was the first adult that was killed, and she was found in front of her home. She was just a few feet away coming in from what they assumed. Like, literally what you just said. She just, like, walked out of her own house. They they (laughs) think she was walking back to her house, but it didn't look like she was, like, necessarily, like, she had been running or anything. She was just caught. Whatever this is, it was an ambush predator. So, yeah, she she died right in front of her home, which is just not a comfortable thought anyway obviously it sparked concern and it sparked so much concern that the french government in the middle of dealing with a war as well they actually sent a captain and a couple troops to go investigate because they the people were so concerned with what this might be the fact that there was something running around that didn't seem to be a wolf and nobody has seen it yet so there's just these massacred bodies and at this point there are what seven massacred bodies in just a couple months i have a question yeah so did they think it was a wolf? They didn't know at the time. That's what I'm saying. Nobody knows at this point. Okay, so at like all this these point people in are time, dead and they're like, well, I guess they're just dead? So the first girl, <laughs> they thought wolf attack or predator attack because it happens. It literally does in this time. Between In the 1500s, they had so many uh, wolf attacks that were mostly rabid that it was estimated there were anywhere from 1800 to about 9,000 people deaths from wolves alone cool. what the so fuck? that's why the first that one was a surprising big range 1800 to 9000 the problem is that about <laughs> so 1800 of them are recorded but there is proof or there's there's i guess not proof there is evidence that about 9000 deaths at the time all match wolf attacks so there's been a lot of rabies but these wolves are known to be not really violent towards people well that's the that's the issue here too is like so these people, they weren't killed in a method that usually wolves did at the time. So that's why people were really sketched out about this. So they thought just giant creature roaming around. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody's seen it that's alive. So now you have a captain that's looking for it in the area. And you have what's basically just a bunch of people with pitch, pitchforks and torches. They're literally beating bushes, as it's quoted. Um, and they're on this, like, what's essentially a witch hunt to find what no one has seen. So they don't even know what they're actually looking for. They're just looking for something big that can kill people. Um, and they should have just killed everybody in town. <laughs> well, there are what? multiple times. So, th- so this is also the issue. So what you're looking at here is the French countryside and you're looking at a, um, you're looking at an area that I think is like 1900 square miles or something like that. Uh, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of space. There, it's a lot of space, especially for populations of towns to be like a thousand people to be looking. And it's moving through cities. It's also not in one area. It's consistently moving through the mountains and it just starts cons- moving and moving and moving through the mountainside, uh, consistently murdering people. And that's when October happens, which in October, this is when something uh, that will be consistent later kind of first crops up, which is that a 20 year old woman is killed by it and she's decapitated by it all in all 16 victims total were decapitated by this thing that again they still don't know what it looks like and that's also something that wolves just definitely couldn't do no so the problem is in order to decapitate you'd have to like grab the neck so like this was actually written down and is quoted at the time uh they wrote about how this thing does this uh it would 
quote, seize its unfortunate victims by the nape of the neck, choke the life out of them, drink their blood, and then separate the head from the trunk of the body. The fuck? <laughs> so what is this, like a vampire wolf? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, whatever it is, it's very, very terrifying, to be so honest. Is, so at this point is when they decide that it's a monster? Like, not just like a person? Well, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. So in October, you have the 20-year-old woman who's decapitated. Then you have six children that are attacked, four of which actually survive, um, but one of which was also brutally decapitated and completely torn open. So again, there are some not-so-nice details in this, uh, and one is the child that was decapitated and torn open. But this led to increased panic, and then the military sent out not only troops, but also a statement that said that the troops needed to, quote, destroy the monster. That's the first time we have it being called a monster. Now, the media at the time, you know, all ye old podcasts and stuff like that that were printed out <laughs> on paper. That hear gave ye, the hear news. ye, this is <laughs> welcome to conspiracy what? <laughs> We don't have that uh, slang term yet. Also, it's France. Conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> quoi? Uh, <laughs> but the military kind of caused this panic because the media outlets, the newspapers at the time, they took the idea of monster and they ran with it. Even though monster, what the military meant by that was they weren't sure if it was a man or a beast. And it could be either. So they were using that term interchangeably. All they knew is it was something out of the ordinary that was killing people, which it shouldn't have been doing. So that's why they used the term monster. But at the time, there were already elevated fears about werewolves and witches and demons because of 1700s France. And also the Little Red Riding Hood story had come out about 100 years prior to this. So <laughs> wolves killing wolves people, are already a thing. <laughs> werewolves being a thing, all of these kind of created a bunch of like fear in the population as if there wasn't enough reason to be afraid. I mean, honestly, this thing's running around in secret. That's what I was saying with mine people. is like as if we need more shit in the jungle, you know? <laughs> So sometime in October of the same year, which is still 1764, the beast was finally spotted. They shot at it. Supposedly, it fell to a volley of musket shots just over and over again from this group of people that were hunting this thing. Uh, and then it got right back up and ran. So they thought they killed it, and then it stood up and ran away from them. Uh, it was described consistently after that, after people did start to see it, as a huge wolf-like creature. It was nearly the size of a horse or a calf, uh, and it had red-gray fur with black stripes and, quote, talons on its feet. Talons. Yeah, so claws that were big enough to be described as talons. This is oddly very similar to the description of a hyena that is real but is not real in this area or even close. So there is a hyena that looks almost exactly like this, but it isn't in this area, so it wouldn't make sense for it to be there. Also, I don't think it's as big as a horse. Nah. I was going to say, so, a hyena's that big? Yeah, so, that, so that's the issue here. Um, and I was just looking it up. Uh, there are bears in... France. So this is so they should know what a bear looks oh, like. Oh, they know what a bear. They were positive. That's one thing I read is that a bear is very, very, very unlikely. Like it doesn't make <laughs> well, sense it for it to be a bear. It's a common theme with this episode. Yeah. It's like, not bears. bears. I guess we found bears. the common theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then after it was almost felled by a volley of musket shots, it then attacked a group of children, specifically tried to eat a man or a boy who's 10 years old named Jacques Portifax. Uh, but a group of kids, this group that was about seven kids, they thwarted it with sticks. <laughs> they, they beat it back with sticks. Real oh, battle yeah. of Thermopylae there. But he ap apparently Jacques did actually have like visual visual scarring on him, so something had happened to him. So whether the kids beat him up and then lied about the story or whatever happened, it was the wolf. <laughs> Supposedly, they thwarted the wolf, uh, but they were then rewarded by King Louis. Uh, Jacques Portifax specifically was rewarded with a completely paid-for royal education. The fuck? So, huh. Damn, yeah. I need to find a wolf for education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then King Louis put out a bounty on the wolf's head, and it was a 6,000 livre, liver, I don't know. Livre. Liver. Liver. Uh, 6,000 livers to the man who... <laughs> okay, whatever it was, 6,000 coinage 
bounty <laughs> on the creature's head, and he sent his own royal hunters to go track it down. So he took it very, very seriously. He was like, you're not going to kill my children. We do that by starving them here in this, in this world, all right? We do that by not That's helping. That's my job. Yeah, because I read specifically that the government was actually really not very helpful in this time, and it wouldn't be until, like, another hundred years that the French government actually does anything for their citizens, like, consistently. Mm-hmm. So all they really were there for was to fight wars with other governments, but nobody really knew why. So, uh, But, yeah, he seemed to care, though. After he saw the children. But then we have the Maid of, of Gevedon. So again, this thing, over the course of three years, it's going to kill roughly 100 people. So this just keeps going. There, there are tons of reports. Wait, you say over the course of three years? Three years. In three years, it kills nearly 100 people. Or possibly more, if there's any unreported, which there's a possibility that happened. So whatever this thing was, it was brutal and also very, very consistently scary. But then in August of 1765, so about a year later, um, we get a big story, which is the Maid of Gevedon. So Mary uh, Jean Vallée was trying to cross a river with her sister. And they were carrying supplies across the river when she was attacked. But she had a pole that had a bayonet at the tip of it probably for protection from other predators or something like that. She grabbed that very quickly and then just drove it straight into the thing's chest. So it was, she also described it as, again, like similar. It's still like wolf-like, it's the size of a horse, so it's huge. That's how she describes it and her sister later. Um, But she drives the spear into its chest, it then backs off and runs away immediately. She doesn't kill it, it doesn't kill them. So she ends up thwarting it, she becomes a local hero. Uh, and she is called the Maid of Gevedon. She is also called uh, the Amazon as well at the time. So <laughs> she speared a wolf in a river. And there, there are actually statues in France of her spearing the, this giant creature as well. So she's like a local folk hero now. Man, wow, so people were really easily impressed back then, right? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of fun. Like, I don't even know if it's a real story though. There's no proof. That's the that's the hard part. Not that I was. Not that I'm like take a picture. Like you can't. But maybe like do a painting. I don't know. I don't know how it worked back then. Didn't they? They did. They Uh, made a statue. But then, right after this, in September, we have Francois Antoine. Okay? Now, this is a gun bearer for the king, and he was out with his nephew, and it's hard to tell whether or not he was actively looking for this thing, or if he just happened to stumble upon it when it tried to maybe kill his nephew or something. But anyway, he was a gun bearer for the king, and he shot and finally killed what is thought to be the beast. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of discrepancies here. Because, one, he's the one who told the story. I couldn't find anything from the nephew. Um, again, 1765. It, that's not surprising. It's surprising we even have records of this in the first place. But uh, the he killed the very large wolf. Then they stuffed it, and he was given the bounty. And it was declared that this was over. Uh, this thing was supposedly... Just, uh, I mean, that's kind of what they described it as. It's just like the biggest wolf you can find. So it wasn't really supposed to be anything necessarily too weird. And I don't know what happened to the stuffed body. So that's the one thing that I can't find. I can't find any pictures of it. So it must not have lasted very long. Um, either that or it's squirreled away somewhere in France. Or just a stuffed wolf. It's possible that it's squirreled away with like one of the royal families and no one sees it because you're not allowed to go see it. That's or it could just deteriorated. It could have deteriorated. Um, it's hard to say what happened to the stuffed wolf, but it was supposed to be over. People could breathe easy. They could go back to worrying about the simple things like family farms, diseases that wiped out entire countries, like medical knowledge, murders, ongoing wolf killings, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> they were happy. They were happy again. Uh, but then, 1767, the sequel, The Beast Strikes Back, Return of the Beast, Beats Bears, Beast of Gavadon. Whatever you want to call it, guys. All right? <laughs> Uh, you had like four subtitles <laughs> I couldn't decide on a good sequel name alright uh, but then a flurry of attacks crop up so similar to the previous attacks uh, a bunch of attacks are happening and this happens right around June again so we're like kind of on the anniversary so it was like just before June of the very first killing we're kind of there and these attacks are very very similar to the very first ones that they had to that first wolf and Immediately, the people are like, oh my god, we need to do something because this thing is back. They didn't actually kill it. So they tell the king. The king says, no, we killed it. I'm not helping you. I'm a French king. That's not what we do. I'm busy. I'm busy being a French king. I already paid somebody all of those livers. (laughs) Yeah, there are no more livers, guys. So in comes the anniversary. This thing is just brutally slaughtering people. 
left and right. It killed, like, it's hard to tell how many people it actually killed, but it seems to have killed roughly, like, 17-ish people within just, like, a couple weeks. And it's less afraid than it had been before. People had noted before that when there's large groups of, like, big cattle, it actually won't come around and it will leave someone alone because there's too many big things around it. But now this one just will just dive into a large group of cattle. It does not care. Mm-hmm. And it's described as the same way. It's got the reddish gray fur. It's got the black stripes. It's the size of a horse. And it looks oddly wolf-like, but it's missing like like wolf features that you would expect. But a nobleman ended up being irritated by this lack of response from the government. So he took it into his own hands and his own money. And I he... I need to read the quote. What? You wrote a quote. Oh yeah, I, it's not a quote. It's just well, it what I. Like a quote. In my in my mind, nobleman said, "Well, f ye then," and then <laughs> <laughs> organized the hunt. <laughs> um, and then within a couple of weeks of organizing the hunt, they did manage to corner it. A man named Jean Chalet or Chatel uh, managed to corner it on Mount Mouchette, and he shot and killed it. So it killed another 17, like 20 people, maybe something like that, which is a lot. There's a lot of people. Like in one area? Yeah, in like this tiny area. Yeah, this isn't a big area. This whole area, I think, is 1,991 square miles or something. So it's not like huge. And there's not a lot of people in this area at the time. The biggest population, like the biggest city, was noted as being about 3,000 people. So that's the biggest city. Mm-hmm. So most of these didn't have very many people. Um, but. He killed it, and then they did an autopsy. I don't know what an autopsy is in 1760 France. On a wolf. uh, But on a wolf. But what the autopsy did find is they found human remains in it. So it was definitely whatever had been killing people. They confirmed that. Uh, And they said that it had distinctly non-wolf-like characteristics. So there are features in its face and its body that are not wolf. Which is really, really weird. They didn't know. (laughs) So it basically was just, they were certain it was dead. And there's no killings after this. So they killed it, whatever it was. But they're uncertain as to what it was. They don't think it was a wolf. If I can Cameron for a second. uh, I have, in terms of like, can I spout a wild theory (laughs) with no... Cameron's conspiracy corner, but this time it's Robbie's conspiracy corner. Yes. Well, you did the science corner. Yeah. Tigers. Okay. They exist. They do. In a world. Okay. So I re- I fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole because when you started t- talking about the murders, and I was like, 1764, why does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. So I was going through, and the Seven Years' War ended in 1763. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm thinking a combination of... A, a, like a PTSD riddled soldier who is like gone a little bit mad who brought back a tiger with him <laughs> because they and say it's like red like it's big you know big like a wolf but not a wolf like tigers can get pretty fucking big mm-hmm. red fur with black stripes we did an autopsy on the thing definitely doesn't seem to be uh looks like a wolf but not quite yeah and uh and tigers have eaten people I mean if they're hungry enough yeah and displaced enough I bet you somebody like brought this back as like a gift to the um, king of France and then it just sort of like Jurassic parked its way out of the cage <laughs> and people are like, well, whatever. Okay, well, I'm out, of, I'm out of that's official theories now. So yep, tiger. I didn't hear anyone say a PTSD soldier brings back a tiger. <laughs> but, you know, actually, it does kind of go with one that I put in. Okay, yeah, we'll bring actually I'm going to bring that back up here in just a minute, too. So, yeah, so that's your theory, I guess. Again, just to kind of like reiterate, they don't know what it was at the end of the day. It didn't look like a wolf and the killings didn't really match a wolf. So you have a lot of eyewitness reports that say it's not a wolf. And you have ones that are more believable than just like I saw it from the like from a distance and it didn't look like a wolf. So they, they literally autopsied the thing. So it's it's difficult to know what it was. Now, one of the things that people keep bringing up is a dire wolf. Dire wolves died out actually kind of around uh, the time of the giant sloth. They died out roughly 10,000 Pretty much years all the giant, to all the giant mammals died around the same time. Yeah, I think that's around... It's not really sustainable for them to keep living. I think it was around the same time we lost the saber tooth, too, isn't it? They yeah. were hunted mm-hmm. to extinction, though. That was the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was around the Ice Age because... And this is not my area, but I'm pretty sure that before the last Ice Age killed a bunch of the plants, the oxygen content was higher in the world, which meant that things could grow bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so after the Ice Age, that went down, they got smaller or died out. Yeah. 
So that so people say that it, it, that it can't be a dire wolf because they died out so long ago. And a lot of the skeptics say dire wolves wouldn't have been able to survive in that area without being spotted for that long, right? This is the 1700s, though. They're not flying over with drones investigating the woods. Like you don't have <laughs> like you don't have uh, thermal imaging and stuff like that. Like you can't see that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You have to go in step by step to look for it. So skeptics want to say this. However, I want to bring up that the modern population of the same area today is 37 people per square mile. That's the modern population of this area today, which is well over triple what the population was back then. Damn. So you're looking at way less people per square mile back then. Mm -hmm. So to tell me that you couldn't have found, or that you would have found the wolf, I call bullshit on that. I'm not going to say that it is a dire wolf, because I don't actually think it was. Well, this is also I'm, a time where people don't go into the woods. They're like, there be witches out there. Yeah. This is just, Fairies. This is just one of those situations where it's like, I want people to remember that like, if you make assumptions, like I put here, then you'll find yourself surprised by an island of seals or by mountain gorillas. Just to remind everyone, everyone thought monk seals were extinct until we found an island of them. And everyone thought that mountain gorillas were fake until we found them in the late 1800s, well after this. Mm-hmm. So, or actually it was in the early 1900s that we found found mountain gorilla. But anyway, <laughs> I just want to bring up that point because again, it's like, like we were just talking about off of the mic. Uh, sometimes it is unbeneficial to be that skeptical. Like it's not helpful. But anyway, I don't think it was a dire wolf anyway. But if it was, um, it would make sense that they were probably hiding in like the densely populated forests of the area in the mountains. Uh, maybe it was a lack of food that forced like one of them out of the mountains to go search for something else. Else, if they're a dying population and they need a lot of food, it would eventually go search for something else. And yeah. if it gets a taste for humans, all it needs is a taste for humans suddenly, and now that's all it wants. So anyway, the other one thing that it could be, this is kind of my theory when I was looking at it more and more. It could be a killer, like a person, like a serial killer. Kind of looking at it, I think it's interesting that, so they already had wolf killings. So I don't think it's a serial killer that killed 100 people. But what I do think is there's a good possibility it could be a serial killer that easily killed anywhere from like 30 to 70 people. And you have some wolf killings thrown in. I think that could make a lot of sense. And in the way that I was looking at this is uh, these victims were decapitated, which feels oddly human to me. I know that's a terrible way to put that, but it does feel oddly human. Um, There was another point you mentioned earlier where a lot of the remains were like just mutilated or like half eaten, which doesn't seem like something that a starving animal would do. No, it doesn't. Like, why is it killing to just barely eat the body and also just killing to decapitate, which is a weird thing. Yeah. Like it's killing to decapitate and drink the blood. But I think more than anything, if a serial killer decapitates its victim, the victim's going to lose all of its blood. And back then they're not going to be able to tell the difference. So maybe that's what they were doing. I put here, it's like Jack the Ripper, but with helpful woodland creatures. That's what I was <laughs> uh, But anyway, if you do kill one. something and you leave it out in the forest or out in the hills, animals will nibble on it. It's just true. Yeah. So that could be why there were animal marks on it. That's kind of one theory that I have. Now, kind of what you said, Robert, I put your tiger theory at the bottom here, but there is also this note that some people do think it might have been a killer that used a pet to carry out the murders. Maybe it was a PTSD soldier with a tiger. Yeah. So and here's so to expound on my theory a little further that the um, the soldier bonds with the tiger and finds it, and so uh, what ends up happening is when everybody starts looking for the monster, he starts dressing up as one to like throw it off the trail, and he's <laughs> the one who dies. And like the first time uh, when the the bounty is paid off, and the second time it's still the tiger who was just I guess taking a break to grieve. <laughs> Are you saying oh they God. stuffed the man? Yeah. Is that why the king was like, we caught him and we're not we, sure? We, we caught it and we're just done. <laughs> or is this somewhere, Don't worry about somewhere it. Somewhere <laughs> in a French royal family, like in their home, they have a stuffed man. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my god. Uh, people also say that it could have been a man that was wearing like a wolf-like costume. So he was just like, he had skinned a wolf and was wearing like the fur and he was running around killing people. That's Damn. a possibility. That's a, that's a serial killer mark there. It's a very <laughs> 1700s serial killer, I feel like. You gotta yeah. have style. Just before you get too fancy. You gotta make a remember. Get there. <laughs> um, it could have also been a group of wolves, as some people have said, more of like the skeptical side of things. People have said it was a group of wolves probably moving through killing people. It's unlikely because a group of wolves is going to leave a lot of clues to follow, including like nests where they're sleeping. You also have footprints. You have scats, not bird nests. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was going to let it go, but like, yeah, a wolf nest. 
No, but like a resting area where you have like matted down grass. Um, and also the pretty much every wolf attack around this time, so like all of like the thousands and thousands of wolf attacks, almost every single one was because of rabies. And none of the victims of this attack of these attacks had any signs of rabies. Mm-hmm. So that's one that like um, one author that wrote a book on this. He said that that does take away the idea that a rabid wolf did this because there's not any proof that there were any rabies involved, like any at all. Not a single case had anything to do with rabies. Mm-hmm. So most likely wasn't just a wolf. If anything else, it wasn't just a regular group of wolves or just like a lone wolf. Most likely. So that goes into, like, the rabies wolf. That's what a lot of people say is, like, one lone rabies wolf. Most likely not. Again, it also... These were very methodical attacks and very specific every time. It's not like a mad creature that's just, like, losing its mind. Mm -hmm. Which is what would happen, right? Everyone watched Old Yeller. But (laughs) probably not what happened. There's also the werewolf. Everyone knows what a werewolf is. It's a sexy man with six-pack abs, nice pecs. And he walks in and he takes you in the night... And then you see him turn into a wolf, and you're like, no, not ye. And then... <laughs> oh, yes, this is old-timey. I forgot. And then he goes, and he rips apart people on a mountainside. And you're like, but I still love you. <laughs> yes. Oh, There's man. a book at the library with that exact plot. A book? <laughs> maybe maybe the reason why it started decapitating people is because it had a love, but then she was like, no, I love ye no more. And then he was like... He was like, fine then. And she was like, you're just going to lose your head. And he's like, I'll show you losing your head. And then he goes to decapitate 16 people. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Uh, it probably wasn't a werewolf. I'm not going to say for sure. There's no proof that there are werewolves. There's no proof that there aren't werewolves. So we'll just leave it at that. But it also, as a possibility, could be a mongrel or a mutt or a mutant, something like that. So some people did say that it could be a cross between like a wolf and a very large dog causing the size to just increase massively so you have like this abnormal animal and then it has features of both so then you would have features that are distinctly not a wolf i'm not saying this is like a pug or something like that that would be hilarious aren't pugs french though (laughs) no i think the first pug that ever shows up on record is chinese actually oh if i remember right right. yeah they show up randomly on record as a chinese as like this chinese animal and they, we've never, we have no other record before that. <laughs> so we think they were crossbred. Anyway, so this could have created like an unrecognizable creature, or it could also just be like a mutation, like an X-Man wolf, right? Like it's just, <laughs> its special ability was it's huge. And because it's huge, it also has other deformities, which is a possibility. And if that did happen, maybe it wasn't accepted into like its actual group of wolves and it was kicked out. So on its own, it had to find a way to forage for itself. Easiest targets, small people on the side of mountains that are alone. Yeah. I just wanted to point out there is a French bulldog. <laughs> there is a French bulldog, yes. yes. Yeah. I doubt French that's what did it. I'm going to say that really French, I, it would have been much smaller. That's, I don't think. No, it's mutated. It just takes a small gene and flips it and makes it really large. But well, I, while I can get behind a wolf with a thyroid problem, I think we could also agree that, like, Eyewitness accounts are garbage even nowadays. Yes. And back in old France times, they would be even worse. Yeah. So this could have just been a reasonably big dog. Or it wolf. could have been that. I still wolf. I think probably, I think one of two things. Either it was a killer mixed with wolf killings mm-hmm. or other animal killings. Yep, I'm on board. Uh, and then they just <laughs> killed two different wolves and they were like, well, this is it. And then maybe the killer moved on. Maybe they went somewhere else. Uh, maybe they got killed by something. Um, maybe they're great. stuffed and mounted in someone's trophy room. As <laughs> maybe, maybe they got killed by a wolf. Maybe it was King Louis. Maybe that's who it was. <laughs> King, King Louis was a werewolf. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but it could be that. I also think there's a good chance, though. It could be like a just a mixture of like a wolf and another large dog. It would create a really weird-looking animal. That's something that no one's seen before. And maybe it's something that's never happened again. And it wouldn't be accepted by anything, and then it would have to forage for its own food. So in being weak and cornered, it would go just attack things that are weak and cornered. And that would make the most sense to me. And also, the the idea that people shot at it and it fell, and they thought they killed it, I have a feeling they missed. Yeah. I'm just going to say they probably missed. Or like they hit it in the leg. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like tripped and fell down or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's a weird story, though. And regardless... A hundred people died to something. Yeah. So, and there was definitely some kind of creature. And they, the, the last creature they killed had human remains in it. So that thing was killing people. Whatever that thing was. 
and it was big. So anyway, that's the whole story. That is the story of the beast of Gevadon. So it has not been spotted since, not a single time. Which also makes me believe it was something real. Yeah. Because the fact that they killed it and then it would, nobody's like, oh, I saw it the other day. Like That it didn't just stick around as a, uh, a legend. Yeah. 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 People used to just justify random stuff. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, but there is a book on it, which we can uh, put on our Goodreads. Uh, it's, I think it's a book that's it's either owned by Harvard or it was written like paid for by Harvard. I read, I read quite a few pages of it, and it's, it is pretty solid. It goes into a lot of French government stuff and war stuff like that, so mm-hmm. it does detach itself a bit from the beast, but it gives you some pretty good background information to understand what was going on. Well, in conclusion, tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it was a tiger. Yep. I'm going to say serial killer mixed with wolf killings. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like people and wolves, like you said. Or maybe a tiger. Yeah. Or maybe... A, no, it's, it's all right. Tiger. I acknowledge that this is a bananas theory. <laughs> yeah, Robert, what do you think your cryptid is? I, I, I'm definitely on board with just a mundane. This is a, you know, a, a legend. Possibly this creature existed at one point, but I definitely think that dude who told the story about not saving his wife just killed his wife. <laughs> um, I think mine's just a giant sloth. Full stop. Full stop. I agree. I got some yeah. pretty good evidence there. I don't know. Yeah. And also it's the Amazon. Like, if any forest is hard to find shit in, I mean. Honestly, of the, the conspiracies we've done on this podcast, that seems to be the one with the most amount of rational... Well, like, some rational scientists actually did something <laughs> actually with Actually took this. a look at it. And, you know, went with their uh, findings and weren't just like, like, oh, no, the earth is still flat. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Yeah. And Cam, you already said you think yours is a mixture of um, serial killer and I, wolf. I want to say that mine is a mixture of like a serial killer who had like a pet wolf or like a like something that he bred that was like a wolf mixed with a dog and he used that to kill. Similar to your PTSD soldier tiger story, <laughs> uh, which is just fucked up Calvin and Hobbes. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to say that it's that. Yours, I think, is probably like the most real. Yeah, I was surprised. It, it sounds Because when I first realistic. found this cryptid, I was like, oh, a giant cyclops with a mouth on its stomach? What the fuck? And then I fell down the sloth hole. Yeah, if jungles weren't so jungle, I would want to go find it. But, you know, jungles. Yeah, I'm not but going to jungles are pretty jungle. I, pretty I don't jungle. have any interest. I, I, I want to see a jungle from a distance and, like, put one foot in just so I can say I was in a jungle. <laughs> and I'm going to leave. There are things in the Amazon that can literally just breathe on you and kill you. So, like, yeah. no, I don't know you. what yours was other than a bunch of misidentified animals possibly including a duck that has orange feet um what i will say is i've been thinking about the man who might have killed his wife and i'm wondering maybe because the legend was going around the area maybe she saw an otter scared the shit out of her and she died of like a heart attack and then he came up and he saw what was an otter and he was like that otter killed my wife and he stabbed an otter with a butter knife and then threw it back into the water and, and was like i killed the beast and well, then went on like a, a big person. chase where the the its mate came out and this just otter was chasing this grown man around and he eventually stabs that one too maybe yeah. it's like the scooby doo thing maybe they were running in a circle and it's like to the point where it's like who's chasing who anymore because you're both just running in the same circle yeah. Any man who kills an otter deserves to die. Right? They're so playful <laughs> Spoiler and Spoiler alert. I think he did. I have a feeling by now. I meant instantly. Oh. <laughs> For his crimes, not just, you know, of scurvy slash syphilis. Um, yeah, so I think that's cryptic couch number two. Yeah. It is. Yeah. On Thanks that for note, listening. let us know what you think. Let us know if you have seen the Mappinwari thingy. Uh, or the Dobarchu, or if you if you know about the Beast of Gavidon, like what do you think it was? Was it Jack the Ripper with a pet? Was it like this, some fucked up version of Snow White? Like what was it really? It's hard to say. Was it a fucked up version of Snow White or was it a fucked up version of Calvin and Hobbes? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Take your pick. Oh man, I just imagine like in like with Snow White, like she's singing, and that's what brings in the woodland creatures. Maybe that's what he does. He like whistles as he's like decapitating people, and then all the woodland creatures come. And... Anyway, Jesus, uh, that's a terrible world. <laughs> oh, this one, this one we're in. Yeah, yeah, that one is pretty bad actually. Yeah. Anyway, this has been conspiracy. What well, we are on social medias. We've got a Goodreads. We've got a newsletter. All of this is in the information. The little beats. It's down there underneath the episode. It's called the show notes. On a thing. Show notes. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. 
Deets show notes. Can we change it to Lil Deets? <laughs> Lil Beats. I wish I could. But I'm uh, sure most of these podcasting sites have their own algorithms. But you can find everything there, including the uh, Kofi link, which if you want to throw a little bit of coinage in that jarage, you can do that. <laughs> and we very much appreciate it. It just helps keep things running because we're trying to keep ads off of the show entirely because we have to deal with enough shit in this world. No one wants to deal with ads. All right. No. It's true. You don't want to be listening to about how a wolf kills someone and then hear like a Windex ad pop up. <laughs> Windex, I was thinking blueprint or just be like, and then they were like, then these bodies were chopped up and sorted discreetly, just like the ingredients will be when they were delivered to your door. <laughs> don't lose your head over trying to cook dinner. <laughs> let's, let's beep out the company names. <laughs> we really should actually, cause that'll be, that's kind of liable. <laughs> We're not doing any free advertising, guys. No, this isn't free advertising for, uh, oh, beep. For beep. But, yeah. This is making spirit say what? I have been Cameron, like I, usual. I will be Robert. You will be. I am sometimes Ally, usually. Sometimes, mostly. Uh, she does have a longer name, though, so sometimes she is that as well. <laughs> That's been us. Remember to always stay stitious, and if you are on a mountainside by yourself, to... Take pictures to look out <laughs> for wolves and make sure you're not like a 14 year old girl who's by herself who can be eaten by a wolf and or PTSD tiger soldier man. Or if you are in the jungles, remember to look out below cause there might be a little ground sloth hanging out down there. Might want to hang out with you. Might stand up, might be six feet tall, throw my basketball and probably slam dunk that thing. Might eat you with his belly hole. Yeah. Uh, and remember, if you see a doe bar chew, bless you. I was so hoping we were going to get through the entire <laughs>